first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Hello, hello. Uh, if you have not guessed from that opening audio, today we're going to, going to be talking about fear. Um, so a few examples I've got from the Bible of people who experienced fear, and then we're going to talk about how they conquered that fear and, and what that uh, victory over their fears led to. Before we get into that, I want to say real quickly, welcome back from uh, Thanksgiving. I hope you were able to take some time off, take a a little bit of a break and uh, maybe tune some of the world out a little bit, spend some time with family, maybe some family you don't normally see. Um, I hope, well, I won't even get in, never mind. <laughs> um, I, I do sincerely hope that uh, you, you had some good time and that uh, you were refreshed and you're ready to get back at it and do like what we're going to talk today about um, conquering fear and hurdling that fear in order to accomplish what it is that God has set on your heart to accomplish in your life. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll just jump straight into it. I want to start this with just being very forthright with you. If this is your first episode listening, um, you obviously don't know anything about me <laughs> unless you're a family or friend. Uh, but something I've touched on in, in earlier episodes that I, I hope you'll listen to. And, and by the way, while you are listening, um, I don't put a ton of episodes out, so there's plenty of time to go back and listen to previous ones. As you're doing that, hopefully, um, I would appreciate the reviews, particularly if you're listening through uh, Apple Podcasts or uh, Google. The search algorithms are just make it so impossible, uh, or not impossible, but difficult for people who don't have the money to spend on ads and things like that um, to market. So the, the easiest, cheapest, it's free, uh, way to, to to get the word out there to spread the the podcast is to leave those reviews and and let Apple and Google and the powers that be and big tech um, let them know that there there's some quality content coming out of uh, the Friday Detox the Friday Detox podcast and of course today being the Monday morning message excuse me you're gonna have to bear with me today um, so I'll tell you a little bit about my Thanksgiving uh, the wife and I went traveled up about nine hours north northeast of us to towards arkansas to visit her parents and uh, we spent a few nights there which was some, some good time they have some beautiful property um had some good food watched some some movies got out into nature and it was just a, it was a good time um the trip not so much that's a, that's a long long drive um that being said you will need to bear with me through some sniffling, through some throat clearing. It, it may sound nasty on your end. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm, I'm going to do my best to stick away from the microphone when I do. Um, Got to make some noise. Uh, every time we travel away from home, um, especially up to see my wife's parents, uh, we, we end up with sinus infections, ear infections, and I'm pretty sure I got a nasty sinus infection right now. So it's, it's jacking with my throat. It's jacking with my ability just to breathe comfortably. So, um, this one's going to be a, a real labor of love for y'all. Um, but anyways, that being said, let's get into it. Um, leading with my fear, like I said, earlier, earlier podcast episodes, um, 
I really feel, and we'll get into spiritual gifts, but I feel a spiritual gift of mine is not necessarily public speaking, but the ability to, to speak coherently. Um, not just so that you can understand what I'm saying as far as hearing it, but understand the, the message I'm trying to get across and, and um, that I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, that I'm, I really am doing this out of love. And beyond that, the ability to speak, um, there are things that, that I've grasped just in the past few years that I, I feel like God has taught me intentionally for, to what end, to what purpose. I don't know. I'm only 30. Well, you know, I, I don't know where this is all leading, but I do know that I've been given a gift, excuse me, of, I guess it's not even an ability. It's a desire. And, and there's something else that just dawned on me as I'm trying to explain it to you. Um, but a desire to, to tell people about these things that I've learned, um, this, this new, um, uh, hope and freedom I have found just in reconnecting with the spirit of praise, praising God, not, not from the standpoint of, oh, I love this song because of this part of the song, but what is the message that this worship leader is trying to get across through this song? Um, and if it's not 100% surrender and connection with God, well, then it's not praise. Um, and so I think on the last episode, I told you about a conversation I had with somebody talking about praise music. Um, so if you didn't listen to that, go, it's, it's a pretty short message. Um, but in that acknowledgement of what I believe to be a spiritual gift, um, there's a lot of fear. And I think that's intentional. I think, I don't think God gives us a mission or gives us, um, the next steps without also allowing us to experience the fear of knowing, um, and I'll, I'll say, I think that fear comes from knowing the weight of whatever it is you're about to do. If you're doing something for the kingdom of God, there's eternal weight on that. Let me, let me say that a different way. Um, I, I heard a video this morning. Uh, you know, these things that we worry about and, and we argue about, we, we fight with each other about that. If we were told we had one week left to live, odds are we wouldn't give a crap about any of that other stuff. And, and so it's, it's, it's the weight, it's the, the potential, it's the, um, what's going to come out of those efforts or those actions, um, that otherwise wouldn't happen. Now, do I believe that God needs me to get on a podcast in order to accomplish uh, his mission for, for humanity or his hope for humanity, which is obviously eternal salvation? Um, no, he doesn't need me. Doesn't, he doesn't need your tithe money. He doesn't need you to give money to the boot campaign or uh, to some children's home or whatever it might be. He doesn't need that. He desires that for you because it brings us into ultimate connection with him, fulfilling his purpose for our lives. Um, and with, and with, with that in mind, that puts a lot of weight onto speaking personally, this podcast. So there's, there's fear that comes with that where it's not only if I don't do it right, and this is not God putting this on me, this is my own insecurities, but if I don't do it right or perfectly, then I might as well just not do it at all. That's a, that's a standard that I've 
held myself to for for years on different things, passion projects that I, well, it's just what I've always done. And not only desiring perfection, but is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, is this my calling to have a podcast? And, and, and even from there, we're on episode 44. This podcast has gone from deep dive politics to, to this. <laughs> and that's, it's been kind of the metamorphosis of my thinking. And so getting back to the fear, um, turning on the microphone and hitting record re- requires just this bucket full of faith for me. For some reason, it is so hard for me to do. Um, and it definitely prevents me from, from doing it way too often. And that's something that I am trying to conquer this fear of not being judged by other people. Cause I, I've always tended to judge myself harsher than others would. Um, I don't know what it is other than maybe I'm just going to pour all my time and effort into something that I'm not even supposed to be doing, you know? Um, so here I am trying to conquer that fear. But let's, before we get into what I think maybe some of y'all's fears might be or where they derive from and then how you, how we can conquer them together, um, I wanted to kind of encourage you by highlighting some people from history, biblical history, who experienced fear and doubt and uncertainty. And ultimately, they were able to conquer that fear, not through their own ability, but through surrender. And we'll get get into that. And what it led to that we're still feeling the ramifications from today. And then, then we'll get into your personal fears, my personal fears, and what we're going to do to to conquer them and hold each other accountable. And that, that's the exciting part because that, that's today. That's real world. And so the, we'll get there. I'm going to try not to take up more than about 35 minutes of your time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump through this as quick as I can. But quickly, I need a sip of water because my throat is on fire. Okay, so first on the list, uh, Moses. Moses was was tasked by God to not only assist in in liberating the Israelites from Egypt and, and leading them to the promised land, but leading that that was the task. I want you to lead. I want you to be a figurehead uh, of this movement of freedom and liberation for God's chosen people, and ultimately taking them to an on earth paradise. Um, or at least the, the the promised land, and that's that's a heavy task. Moses was not really feeling up to the task. I, I love Moses, and that's why I brought this up first because I remember. In fact, I think it's a, a, a pastor in my family originally kind of preached this to me uh, through youth group or something, and it took hold in that Moses didn't. It's not that he just didn't want to do it he had legitimate concerns about his effectiveness or his ability to do this for God. It was, you know, God, yes, this needs to be done, but I'm not your guy. I got a speech impediment. I'm not, I'm, I can't lead thousands of people, probably millions. I don't know. Um, I can't even talk right. And as we've talked about before, that's exactly what God was looking for. He was looking for the somebody who couldn't do it on their own power, that if they were able to pull this off, it could only be because of the blessing of God. That's what God's looking for. But something I, I, I'm going to do here is I want, I want to compare Moses's fear 
to the potential outcome. He wasn't afraid of doing it because, well, they might make fun of me. I'm sure there was something like that in there, um, just a social um, desire to be somewhat accepted and not mocked and ridiculed from a stage. Um, but also the the fear of, I'm not your guy, that if, God, if you give this to me, I'm I'm going to fail. And this is not a scenario where we can accept failure as an option. And so the fear... I think predominantly came from the fear of failure. Next, Jonah. Uh, many of us, if you've been to Sunday school at any point in your youth or a, a vacation Bible school or something, you probably heard about Jonah and the whale. And God told him to go preach to the city of Nineveh, which is a sinful, um, pagan, heathenistic city of people. Many would argue it's, it's kind of like what America's turning into. Morality is just, you know, what is it? What's morality? Uh, we do what we want to do. We pursue whatever our, our, our carnal desires tell us to pursue. We're, we're essentially cavemen, cavemen um, wearing gold and nice clothes. And so God told Jonah to go and preach to them. And Jonah's like, these people are going to kill me. And second of all, I don't even know if they deserve to hear about the good news. But ultimately, the weight of Jonah going and preaching to those people was, will they hear about the gospel? Well, not the gospel didn't exist at that point, but will they hear about this God of Israel, this God who has love for his people, that provides a way out of eternal damnation for his people? Will they ever hear about that God and ever have the, the possibility of uh, obtaining salvation? So there's a lot of weight on that. And I have to imagine that played a huge role in, in his, ultimately what turned into him running away from God's mission for his life, running, God said, go this direction. And Jonah said, cool, 180 degrees, I'm going to go that direction. And of course we know what happened to Jonah, but we'll get, get to that in a second. Next, we have the, uh, the rich ruler from uh, the book of Luke. And well, I'll just read straight from Luke chapter 18, verses, uh, starting at verse 18. And a ruler asked him, him being Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness honor your father and your mother. And he says all, and the ruler says, all these I have kept from my youth. Like, all right. Yeah. You know, check, 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 check. Yep. I got all those. So you, are you about to tell me I'm good, Jesus? And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But we, when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And I'll stop there. I want to go back real quick to um, Jesus saying, The one thing you still lack, sell all that you have, distribute to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. 
And then the ending of that, and come follow me. Jesus, even with with his disciples, some of them fishermen, some of them, uh, or one of them, uh, the tax collector, uh, different roles in life, doctors and lawyers. He he pulled these people away from what they thought their calling was. Like this is this is my identity, a fisherman, or a doctor, or a lawyer. We all have these ideas of this is who I am. And I think the the most difficult thing in conquering that, um, the fear, I think, is this fear of, if I'm not this, who am I? And that's why Jesus said, now, uh, Jesus gave these list of commandments, this list of commandments to the rich guy. And he says, and, and all of us would call BS here, right? He says, all this I've done from, from, since I was a kid. I've always kept the commandments. He basically just looked Jesus in the face and said, oh, I'm good, bro. I'm perfect. And then Jesus flipped it on him. And, and it said, it's not even about what you've done. It's about who you are and who you're willing to be. And so with that in mind, you, rich ruler, stop being rich. Stop being a ruler. That's not your identity. Your identity is in me. Give up those things and come follow me. And that was what was impossible for the rich man to do. Because his identity had already been established in his own mind. And then the last person I want to look at who felt fear is none other than Jesus himself. In the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Jesus wept blood, he, and he cried out to God uh, right before he was going to be crucified. He says, I know, I know this has to be done, but if there's any way, God, if you can take this cup from me, take this burden from me, this, this specific mission that I know is going to end in death, and death will be a, a, a kind relief from what I'm going to endure between now and then. And he was so stressed and so afraid that he wept blood. And he prayed for the cup to pass. And I'll start there on how how people conquer fear. And we'll work our way back up to Moses. So while in the same breath, while Jesus is praying, God, I don't want this to happen. He follows it with a but. But your will, not mine, be done. And that in line with your identity, with my identity. I think accepting the will of God is kind of all encompassing there. Um, if you accept the will of God, not only for your family's lives or for the, the, the well-being of the country we live in, but ex- accepting it for yourself and for your ultimate mission in life, that's a, that's a tough thing. To, to deny this identity that we've established for ourselves, especially if you're on social media at all. When you post a picture, there is a certain um, impression. There's a certain judgment that you want people to make. It, it, coupled with a judgment you don't want them to make. You know, you, you've seen the people. I know you have. You, you followed them because you knew them in high school or whatever. 
But if you look at their photos, look at their feed, it's all the same exact angle. It's the same exact smile, the same exact squint, the same exact hairdo. Because that is the image that they feel comfortable in their own skin with, and that's what they want you to see. We, we all do it to, to some extent or another. We, we portray ourselves as we want to be perceived, and in so doing, we create an identity for ourselves. And rarely is that identity in line with how God sees us. God sees us as kings and queens and conquerors, and we see ourselves as eh, less than. And so Jesus conquered his fear by not submitting to the fear, but by submitting to the will of God. Not my will, but yours be done. Now let's look at the rich ruler. Jesus invited him to trade his wealth and to follow him. And instead of the ruler saying, oh, well, that's doable. Okay, I can get the salvation that everybody wants. Instead of being joyful in receiving the answer to salvation, he was made sad. And, and, and I think it's sad because it wasn't angry. It wasn't, oh, that's stupid. It wasn't denial. It wasn't anything like that. It was, it was sadness, I think, because he knew, just like we all know, right and wrong. We know what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. And that, and that, to me, it, it, it triggers my Sunday school days. You know, it's either there's this is good, this is bad. We don't do this. Listen to your parents, whatever. And and at the time, I was just like, oh my gosh, whatever. I'm only here because of what's her face, or I'm only here because after this, I'm going to play a sick game of basketball with my friends. Um, <laughs> and that and that's you know that's just how it was back then. But we all know right and wrong. And so I think the ruler was sad, not because he didn't want to do it, but because he knew he wasn't going to. He made a decision, probably years before, but definitely right in that moment. I'm not going to get salvation because there's no way I can lose this identity. You know, all my friends know me as the rich ruler. All my friends come over and they know they're going to drink the best wine. They're going to eat the best food. And he didn't want to give that up. And I think that's a lesson for all of us. And, and we'll get into that. Uh, all right. I'm going I'm to start clicking along again. Uh, Jonah. Jonah. I like Jonah's story. Jonah. I feel like Jonah sometimes in that. I know what God wants me to do at times. And I know what the right decision is. But I, I kind of need to be pushed over that cliff. And by pushed, I mean I need God to like take a running start and just drop kick me straight in the middle of my back over that cliff. Um, and then drop a freaking piano down just to make sure that I, I do go over the cliff. Um, and, and there's several examples of it. I'll, I'll give the, the best example was the, the toughest relationship I ever got out of. Uh, I knew... Uh, somewhere in there, um, <laughs> several years into the relationship, I knew it wasn't right anymore. And I was being led from that relationship. Problem is I dug my heels in. The problem is I had found this identity in 
I just want to be married. I just want to start a family and, and have a purpose to go into work every day where I can start saving the money and, and put the down payment on the house and all these things. I need some sort of purpose and some sort of identity. And so I didn't want to lose this identity I had manufactured for myself. And I told God out loud in my car, leaving that person's house one night, I know I'm supposed to break up with her but I'm not going to do it, God, unless she cheats on me. And you can guess how that story ended uh, and how that relationship ended. And for some reason, that's how I've always been. I need God. I just need you to force my hand. And that happened recently with me leaving my full-time job to, to work for myself and work from home and uh, pursue, pursue some of those passions and, and um, projects over there. And I'll get into that story at some point. But again, it was, I had known for probably a good six months, this is what's going to happen. And it took God drop kicking me over the cliff for it to happen. And so I reflect with Jonah. God said, go, I want to say east. Maybe it was west, but God said, go east. Jonah went west, deliberately away from what God was calling him to do. Takes a lot of balls. I'll, I'll put it that way. To, to, to receive an instruction from God and say, yeah, no, I'm going over here. That to me just takes a level of fortitude that I just don't understand. But at the same time, we're guilty of it in our own lives as well. I'm guilty of it. So Jonah hopped on a boat, went the opposite direction. God said, that's funny. That's cute. Storm comes along. Jonah's thrown over, swallowed by a whale. Whale spits him up right by the city of Nineveh. And I love that because at that point, Jonah, I, you know, I've always been cautious about reading my own, um, I guess my own insight or viewpoints into the Bible. But I have to imagine here that there was a chuckle. There was a, you know, Jonah is laying there beached on the, on the beach, <laughs> laying in the sand or on the rocks or whatever. You can hear the waves, you can hear the seagulls, and it's just wind and, and waves and God. And he's like, really? Really? I paid all that money to get on that boat. I sat in some dark, wet corner of that boat that smelled like, I'm sure, the worst smells in the world. I got swallowed by a freaking whale. And this is, this is, this is how you get me to do what you want me to do. And I have to imagine there was a chuckle there saying, well, if you're, if you're going to put that much effort into it, God, I guess I'll go ahead and do it. And I, and I have a feeling that that's how a lot of these things start for many of us is it's God just keeps nudging and nudging and he never screams. He never yells. I think unless we pray for it, in, in which case that's when we get the drop kick over the cliff. Um, but God deliberately rerouted him to Nineveh. And he made the mission so inarguably clear that I have to imagine Jonah found his identity in that moment. Like, oh, so no, this is, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. Cool. All right, let's do this. And then the story goes on from there. Now, Moses, his obedience, obeying God's mission, God's task of helping him lead the Israelites to freedom into the promised land away from the slavery of Egypt and all the miracles and curses and, and dark things that happened that led to that. 
the spiritual freedom that I believe Moses found through finding his identity in, in accomplishing what it was that God had tasked him to do. That freedom was spiritual, but it was also physical for an entire nation of people who were enslaved. And so we, we talked earlier about the fear that Moses had to have had c- comparing his fear to the potential outcome, positive or negative of leading these people, the, the potential for failure that Moses saw the likelihood of failure that Moses saw and yet he obeyed and it led to freedom and an entire nation of people who still have an identity as the Jews, as those people, the Israelites, God's chosen people and the tradition that exists to this, this day would not have been possible. The blessings that have come from the nation of Israel with Jerusalem as its capital the blessings that have come to the world scientifically, militarily, um, health and vaccines, uh, social issues, the, the level of diversity within their own populations and in their militaries, their schools, um, has all extended from the obedience of one man who knew he couldn't do it. But if God is for us, who could be against us? And that is what he heard, I believe. And he said, if God wants me to do it, surely God will provide a way. And he always does. That's the amazing thing. He always does. So in closing, what are you afraid of? I have to imagine that much like me, you might be afraid of what the exact thing you know you're supposed to do. Maybe that's marrying the girl. Maybe that's breaking up with the boy or vice versa. Maybe that's quitting a job or changing jobs or changing careers, going back to school, running for political office, stepping up at your PTA meetings, running for school board election, telling the hard truth to a family member or to a friend. Whatever it is you know you're supposed to do, stop right there, period, end of sentence, I'm supposed to do this and seize hold of the conqueror's mentality that comes from just acknowledging the truth and not following it up with a but. What are you afraid of, and how will you conquer it? I wrote that down, and it just so happened that the second part of that sentence, will you conquer it, was on its own line. And there's some weight there. It's not just how will I conquer it. That's assuming a lot. I think you can boil it down even further. Will I conquer that fear? Will I seize hold of my true identity in Christ? Will I be a spiritual leader of my family? Or will I stick with the status quo? Do the things that the world says is good and acceptable? And that's as far as I ever get. What happens if you let go of your, self, your, your self-proclaimed identity and seize hold of God's identity for your life? What's going to happen? What's the fear? Well, worst case scenario in, in many countries, countries in this world and maybe soon to come America, I don't know. Worst case, case scenario could be death or torture, imprisonment. 
But with that as a baseline, it, it, it has to be better than that, right? What are you afraid of? What is it that you feel might be just too much to lose? Career. Nowadays, there's a lot of ways you can lose a job besides just bad performance. In fact, as long as you check the right social boxes, many would argue that there are people keeping their jobs who don't, aren't qualified. But they look good for the company. Maybe you're afraid to get the vaccine. But you might be forfeiting a, a good paying job with benefits, 401k, and all the whole shebang. Or maybe you don't want to, to, to put stuff on your social media or share certain posts or make certain comments because you're afraid of how people might perceive you. Maybe it's health. If I make this decision, whatever might happen for my health. If I make this decision, I don't know what's going to happen. But if I keep doing what I'm doing, at least, you know, yeah, I'm in pain. Or yeah, I'm at risk, but at least I know what the risk is. Or maybe it's just nerves. I get that. Maybe you're just embarrassed to do whatever it is you feel you're supposed to do because your friends might laugh at it. Or maybe your friends have laughed at it and you're like, oh crap, that's that's what I want to do. And they're laughing about it. Ultimately, when I think about that, and, and, and I'm not talking down to you, I'm not preaching down to you, I'm not preaching at you at all. Um, I'm just as guilty, if not more guilty. Trust me. But what I come back to when I do... I, I feel those nerves and I feel that, that, oh, this might be embarrassing or they might laugh at me as childish as it sounds. It, it's a fear. And I always think back to the verse. I think it's in Romans. Um, I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I will not be ashamed. And, and that that's, I never want to be Peter denying Christ three times. And yet aren't we Peter many times? Aren't we ashamed? That sucks, man. That, that, that's a really sad, infuriating reality. But we are. That little prompting hits you and you think, oh, I should, I should talk to that person. I, I should just give that person a smile. But especially in today's world when we were coming out of wearing masks everywhere and some people are still wearing masks and look at you like you're, you're trying to slay their firstborn if you're not wearing a mask. And so it's just so much easier to put your head down or stare at a phone while you're walking through the grocery store. Maybe it's, it's just giving a smile to people. But so many times we're, we're afraid and we're ashamed of what people might think of us if we do what it is we know we're supposed to do. And so we choose not to do it. And in effect, we choose the world and the, the, the grace of this world over the, the joy and, and the victory and the grace that comes from having a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. So what do we do? I see his hold of um, the tail end of the story about the rich ruler. Luke chapter 18, uh, verses 29 and 30. 
basically Christ saying that those who follow me, those who give up everything for me, will receive it back multiplied. Not only in this life, but in the next life. They'll have everlasting, eternal life. That's a pretty amazing trade-off. And yet it's so hard for so many of us to do. So how do we shake off that, that I would call it the old spiritual clutter? With me personally, and I'm wrapping it up, I promise. With me personally, I have so many things I want to do. So many things, oh, I could do this and that'd be great. I could do this over here and that'd be amazing. I've got like four podcast ideas in my head that I want to do that may never happen. But that's what happens. I dream and I dream. And, I, and if I don't do enough, then I just overwhelm myself with possibility. And I start thinking about how my spiritual gifts and, and the, the talents God has given me, how can I use those over here and over here and over there? And then by the end of it, by the end of the thought train, I'm, I'm exhausted and I'm, I'm, over, I'm overwhelmed and then I just don't do anything. So how do we shake off all of that? How do we, how do we center our minds? How do we, f- we focus we're all a bunch of ADHD kids. Like we, we can't just focus on one task. TVs to, to laptops, to iPads, to iPhones. We got so many distractions. So I, I think the number one place to start and where I try to bring myself on a daily basis is praise. I've been listening to um, Let Us Worship, Sean Fute. He's got an awesome podcast as well, uh, Hold the Line Podcast. I'll give them a shout out. Definitely worth a follow. Um, speaking truth, spiritual and political truth. And I love it. And so I, I'm trying to center my brain not on how to be a better podcast host or how to run an efficient small business. That's too specific. I'm trying to just let go of all of that and focus for a brief part of each day as much as I can on just praising God for who he is. And when I do those things, it makes me better at everything else I do. So shake off that old spiritual clutter and start discovering who you are and more importantly, who you're not. I've heard from many business professionals. It's not about what you know. It's about knowing what you don't know. And it's not necessarily just knowing who you are, but just process of elimination. We can start real simple. I'm five foot nine, according to my license. I'm probably at best five foot eight at my tallest. And so I I know I'm not going to be an NBA player. I'm also 30 and I have clicky knees. I'm not going to play in the NBA. So we can get that right out. I'm not going to be some super real estate salesman. It's probably just not going to happen. And I have no desire. That's just not where that's not where I want to be. Okay, so let's get rid of that. Let's let's move on. So discover who you're not and then start narrowing it it down to where where do you gravitate nat- naturally? When you've got the free time, where do you start putting your energy when you've got motivation? I don't mean, well, I turn on my PS4, PS5, my Xbox. People still, yeah, people are still playing Xbox. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying the time wasters. But when you've got that burst of motivation, when, when you get a little bit of rush of inspiration, where is that? 
Start putting a little bit extra time there. And I'll close with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, which is where, um, I, I think it was Paul. I'm sorry, my, my mind's blank. I think Paul is talking to the church of Corinth and talking to them about the body of Christ and that the body isn't just one giant hand. It's hands, feet, eyes, ears, mouth, nose, legs, arms, chest, stomach, all these different body parts. And each body part has its function. Some body parts get seen more than others. Some body parts are a little bit not attractive, so we hide them. But they all still serve a function. And so in closing, again, for real this time, who are you in Christ? What's your identity? If you don't know it, start taking those steps to find it out. Find out what your spiritual gift or gifts are. I think, and that's going to lead you into who you are, what's your identity, what's your purpose, what's your mission here on earth. And once you identify those spiritual gifts, ask yourself, are you using them? Not only are you using that gift, but are you functioning as something else than what you are? I said that earlier, my fear sometimes is that I'm doing this podcast and it's not what I'm supposed to do. I just, I'm always self-doubting, I'm always questioning. Um, But you don't want to be an eye functioning as an ear. You don't want to be a hand functioning as a foot. Not only does it look weird, but... It, it you, ultimately it's it's an image you've developed for yourself. It's not based on what God views you as. So who are you? What is your spiritual gift? Are you using your spiritual gift? And are you seizing hold of your true identity instead of pursuing something that you think you deserve or you think you want or you think would look cool? And so I'll leave you with that. Um, <sighs> Again, it's a heavy message. It's a heavy, you could say, cross to bear um, when you start discovering your identity and your purpose. And at many times, it's it's not what you dreamt up for yourself. And, it, and it's scary to let go of what you think you are in favor of what, whatever God wants you to be. And none of us are perfect at it. I'm definitely not. I'm taking those baby steps down that path. And so I, I'm definitely not preaching to you, preaching at you. I'm not talking down to you. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this journey, hopefully, with you. So that being said, uh, if you've got questions, if you've got prayer requests or concerns or just you want to spitball ideas about, well, you know, I'm good at this. What does that mean? I'd love to just chat, you know, um, or at Friday underscore detox on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. And just DM me through there. I'm my personal Instagram at B Esparza1787, B E S P A R Z A1787. And just send me a DM. Let me know who you are. Let me know you listen to the podcast. And uh, hopefully I can say, hey, did you leave a review? And you can say, absolutely, I left you a review. <laughs> no, I won't do that. Um, but let me know what's on your heart. And I'd love to take the time to just uh, to talk through it with you and, and pray with you and give you some encouragement, let you know that. Not only are you not alone, but I'm not alone. I need that encouragement as well. And um, 
maybe we can start building somewhat of a, of a, a community of people who, you know, people always say community of believers. I don't want to say necessarily community of believers because I don't think any of us really know what we believe yet because we're still discovering our faith. So how about just a community of people pursuing God's calling for their life? And we hold each other accountable to it. And we say, what are you doing to connect with God on an individual, personal, quiet level? And then maybe we join with each other in in praise and uh, in prayer. So with that, I'll leave you uh, almost to 45 minutes here. Um, have a great week. Uh, pursue your calling. Pursue that identity. Start letting go of your past. Let God mold you for who you are now and for what he wants you to be in the future. And while you're in that process, being kind to each other, uh, being mature, being professional, being agreeable, not rolling over and taking abuse, but being willing to just shut up and listen to what people might have to say. You might learn something or they might learn a little little bit about you and that you just took the time to listen. So do that. Find us uh, at BSparza1787 at Friday underscore Detox on Instagram. And I look forward to uh, seeing y'all next week. Take care.